0: So let's see everybody warm up. Get to it. Mm, I don't know if we've done x one's first. Can we sing for the end? This is <laughs> X-Lybidicus Numbers. There we go. Hello? Hello? Hello. <laughs> Talking of the <this> silver thing. <laughs> this is James. And this is Y. And then we can go. Yeah. Good. This one's... I, was- I know you got it. I just- I are we recording right now?
1: Thanks for tuning in to Seeker. Season 1 is the Book of James. We decided to kick off this podcast with the Book of James because no matter what your background or what your experience is with uh, Christianity or the Bible, um, this is a very accessible way to understand what it means to be a Christian. <laughs> We're going to sing... Tonight, remember, we're we're going to sing Song of Solomon? (laughs) That was going to be our thing. You didn't hear that? You didn't see that text? He doesn't
0: read half the text. Uh, I do read the text. Come
2: on. You didn't see the one about Song of Solomon. Next, Next time on Seeker, the Song of Solomon as sung by us. I knew
0: it
1: That's going to be season 2 no we're just going to sing be, the song I'm going to be the shoe oh, of my, we're yeah, okay, going to okay, open it that, up did, but... <laughs> You're like, oh yeah I did that. I just ignored it no, it's too stupid <laughs> I'm just, it was
0: just too dumb to reply <laughs> <laughs> I was just hoping we were going to change it up and sing Lamentations because that is
1: much better oh there's a lot of good stuff you could do with Lamentations I
2: patients. will get my dirge on <laughs> 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 I almost
1: lost my coffee on my nose
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright so moving on chapter 2 killed chapter 1 did we yeah, it So let, let let's let's get to what let's get to the struggle. Let's get to partiality. Let's get
1: on. Or right, I'll start by reading verse one. How about that? And we'll yeah. we'll see where it takes us. My brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes, and you pay special attention to the one who's wearing the fine clothes and say, "You sit here and have a good place." And you say to the poor man, you stand over there, and or sit down by my footstool. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil motives?
0: Are you bringing it to us from the message tonight?
1: From the message? Yeah, was that
0: the message? That's
1: New King James. This is a New American Standard.
0: Oh, is it really?
2: That's that, not New King James. That's my hood.
1: <laughs> what is the message? I don't The message
2: know. is a paraphrase edition translation. Oh, okay. A warning against my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? Daniel? Daniel. That fella's got emotion. I need to learn how to act.
0: <laughs> this seems so, uh, I, I think this is why we can't get cranking, because it's just like, we don't do this. This is silly. Like, we don't do this. But we do. But we do. That's we that's totally the thing. Do. Every we single totally time do. I ever read this, I'm like, I wouldn't do something crazy. It's crazy talk, right? Yeah. But we do it. We'll turn right around and do it tomorrow. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I mean, I know for myself, like, if I see someone, there's just a guy that came on Sunday that needed special prayers. He lost his job, but came in from out of state. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's like, oh, you know, he's not my demographic. You know, he's not my age, doesn't have young kids like me. He seems like he's in a different spot in his life for sure than I am. I don't know if I'll be able to relate to him. I'm sure someone else will take care of him that feels like they're more connected to, to him, right? I
0: didn't talk to the guy. That's bad. Sinner right here did the same—we were mouthing the same thing. I was literally—I don't, don't know. We're going to have much in common. You know. What is it? It's it's so—it's this—you know, it goes back to where he left, left us in—it
2: goes back to where he left us in chapter one. Well, my thing about when he's talking about partiality here is I, that's a pretty stark example because we don't often have people come into our assembly who look that much different from us. We generally relate pretty well socioeconomically, culturally, um, you know, on a lot of different levels. We can relate to the people that we attend worship services with. But when he says that you become judges with evil hearts, or with evil thoughts rather, I think about the ways that we do show partiality among ourselves. When we talk about, uh, you know, people who attend three times a week. When we talk about people who have good attributes as we would see them versus people who are a little bit more lax and, you know, maybe for whatever reason they can't be there every time the doors are open. Well, sometimes we tend to, you know associate more, even though we're all on pretty much the same um, socioeconomic, same cultural, same, you know, demographic type level, we still sort of segregate among ourselves and we show partiality in different ways, ways that aren't necessarily like, you look like a hobo, so you go sit in the back, you look like a classy guy, you come sit in the front. Because we don't really see those distinctions very often, but we do see plenty of other distinctions, and we do show plenty of partiality. And I think in those ways, we absolutely become judges with evil thoughts, because we start to impute motive to people that may not necessarily exist in those cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do it, it's, it's kind of insidious, it's kind of sub, un, subconscious, unconscious. But I think we still do it. We still show that partiality. Like, this person's not going to be that interested in hearing the gospel. This person's not going to be that interested in serving with us in this particular capacity. This person's not going to be that interested in studying with us because, you know, X, Y, and Z, they never show up before, whatever. We show that partiality all the time. All the time. But we never call it that. We call it, you know, just... It's just the way it is it's just that's how it's always been that's how this person's always been. This is how I've always reacted that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely what James is talking about right here, yeah
1: well, and if you think you know that in general you know our the demographic you know we don't it doesn't feel like a problem most of the time because our you know the demographic kind of settles in that that kind of, this kind of church has this kind of people that end up attending it, but that could very well be because. We do such a bad job at this verse that anyone else that doesn't fit the demographic that comes in, we ignore them and they go away.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with Fair you on point. this. I'm with you on this. I
1: mean, Fair maybe maybe an ideal congregation would not ever look like it, mostly one large demographic. Maybe the most successful congregation that's doing it right is super eclectic.
0: Should shouldn't it be that that that, that you really, if we're if you're doing it right. I like this. If we're doing it right, shouldn't it be that a congregation or a group of believers that gather together, they aren't. It's not a hundred some odd people of uh, packed full of mature folks who can state every book of the Bible in order and sing both songs, including the Apostle song. Right? Should it not be? It should be messy, right? It should be. There should be a collection of people who are brand new, just coming to the church, and there should be a collection of people who, you know, don't. Don't have it right. And really have some prob- real visible problems in their lives, and people who are struggling internally here. If we're really kind of all inclusive of everything, because if we walk right outside this door, if we go just neighborhood to neighborhood, it'll be messy. However many- It's going to be messy. Yeah. Like it, it yeah, it's going to be messy outside. No, it, it, I, I. You have to ask the question why it doesn't at least seem a little a little less messy on the inside.
1: And it goes against God's plan for it to be that case where, you know, some kind of segregation or, you know, according to the translation that you read, segregation or discrimination or somehow this judging that happens, this distinction that you're making among yourselves. Verse 5, listen, my beloved brethren, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? I mean, he's given... The one thing that the poor have is the most important thing that they could possibly have, and that's the possibility to be rich in faith. And if we don't let them even have a spot of honor in our assembly, then you know God's, God's given them this gift. He's the great equalizer. His faith is for all, and we're stepping all over it. It's a pretty strong admonition.
0: So I'm, I'm definitely not... I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Cause I know that you would then tie this back into cause I'm the fact that it says that theirs is the kingdom of heaven, which makes you think back to the Beatitudes, which makes you say the porn spirit. Yes. I'm with you. I think it can I think it I think it's holding both meanings for us. There's there's the very obvious point here, right, about just how people physically look and how they are. There are people at the same end that that you discriminate against or you treat differently, who spiritually are not in the same place, therefore they seem poor uh, and poor for the right reason. Right? They are struggling. They are. It goes back. It goes right back to Matthew, where he said, "Look, before you enter the kingdom, this collection will." And I agree. I agree that that we could be discriminating against those who seem physically. Uh, poor, they don't have the money, they they look a different way. Also, the people who spiritually, quote-unquote, don't seem to be up to the standard, but we're actually drawing the wrong standard. We are trying to create the standard, which is the problem.
2: I want to go back to what you said, Julian, about a congregation that looks messy. And I want to ask you, this is just sort of... Coming up right now in my brain, and I don't really know how to phrase this correctly. But when we show partiality in that sort of spiritual sense, in that sense of, you know, we don't want to look messy, we want to, you know, we want to associate with those who we think that we're sort of spiritually connected with, does that partiality act to put a damper on? zeal. And what I mean by that is when we show partiality in that sort of spiritual way that we associate with those people who are most like us in terms of like well okay they know the order of worship and they know the five acts of worship and they know how to pray right and they know all the songs in the songbook and they they can pretty regularly find the right verse. Are we sort of self-limiting our ability to get messy? by going out there and being zealous for bringing in people who aren't at the same place that we are. People who are needing to hear the gospel and who need to to be taught in the way of Christ, like scripture tells us that we need to do. Is that making the slightest bit of sense? Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, so... I'm totally with you. I was going to high-five you, but it makes too much noise. <laughs> Unlike my chair, which makes just enough noise. Yes. So I think the application is both, you know, it's physical, it is spiritual, Is very much that. I cannot say it any better than you just said it. I think there is a large possibility that there are those who would, who would share where they are openly um, and grow, but there's a real fear that they're opening themselves up to a lot of ridicule. Um, And because there's not this spirit of like openness and, and, and the fact that, that they kind of feel like this is not a place where, where it is dirty. Like I look around and everything is so clean cut and everybody knows what they're doing. And everybody knows all the answers. Like when I'm sitting in a Bible class where everybody raises their hand and, and when we start a, a scripture, everybody finishes it. I'll just keep my mouth closed. And on the inside, I'll just burn down, right? They're the, the poor person.
2: Um, I totally agree. We kind of show partiality in a way that makes us feel better about ourselves. You know, we show partiality. I wish I could phrase it exactly the way you did because you said it so well. That when we show, we're showing partiality as a defense mechanism as a way that we don't really have to expose ourselves and you know, as we've been talking about let God work through us we show partiality to people who are going to reinforce what we see in ourselves already whether or not that's there or not doesn't matter it's how we view ourselves and so we're going to be partial to people who reinforce that notion and who look like we do and who think like we do and who speak like we do and who are you know will help us stay stagnant. Well, see, so that's interesting,
0: right? Because you didn't even know that you were just... I had no We idea. just came upon it. <laughs> this is exactly what happens. But we're stagnant however we think that we're growing and James just said, do not be deceived. But we don't notice. We don't notice that that's us. We we think we're moving along. And a lot of it is we look around in our peer group for the exact same place and we're all just kind of muddling along together. This was Jesse's point a minute ago. Like, you look around, everybody looks good. Everybody looks fun. We're all at the same place. Life is good. But nobody's, like, popping out of their shell and growing. Nobody's challenging the next person to grow. And there, you know, we should not really care um, what someone in particular thinks of us, as long as we're not a stumbling block for others or, you know, we should really care how we measure up to the standard and how we're growing in the Lord. That that should be our what we really care about. That should be our main focus, right? But unfortunately, I think you come to this place where you start harboring a lot of a, a lot of pride. And I say harboring, and that's it seems negative, but it's you start feeling very proud about who you are because people say, I mean, look at Jesse. Jesse's a fantastic song leader. He's a great dad. He's got a wonderful family. He does no wrong. Like his life is wonderful. Look at him. And to a degree, Jesse could could then feel, because of this pressure mounting, if his if his faith isn't in the Lord, he may feel very intimidated to hold up his hand and say, "Ah, oh, but I have a problem." Like you know I've, i have a terrible lying problem. I have a terrible this problem, that problem, which might make this person um, which might make the poor man, in this instance, right, if they saw that out of Jesse, they would say, wow, I just saw that person, and they're struggling. I'm struggling. We do have something in common after all. It actually goes full circle to who we talked about, you know, the person who came forward. We said, we don't have anything in common with him. We probably have a ton in common with him.
1: He has more courage than us. That's one thing that's different.
0: By far.
1: (laughs) He's willing to go in front of a whole congregation of people and ask for prayers
0: through his trials. Right, because he has faith. Right? He has faith in the Lord. He has faith in in what John says in 1 John, right? That his faith in, you know, the fervent, effectual prayers of the righteous man avails much. Like, he has faith in God's Word.
2: When you were talking, I kept thinking that iron sharpens iron. And that's what we're supposed to do for one another. We're not supposed to, you know, allow partiality to breed complacency. And to, you know just sort of go along and not rock the boat and, you know, stick with your friends and go with what you know and you know, we don't wanna we don't wanna get messy and we don't wanna get, you know, too different and too out there and too too varied in who we're coming to contact with. So we're partial, we're insular, we're closed in, we're we're isolated that way. We're getting complacent, and we're not sharpening one another, and we're not encouraging one another in the way that we should be. We've become judges with evil thoughts, because those things start to turn into negatives, right? Those things start to turn into challenging the order, going against the status quo, rocking the boat. We want to be partial to the way things are, because we're comfortable in it, and because we feel safe in it.
0: But Jesus is constantly like at, at every corner right he's taking his disciples and his followers and he's just dragging them through the uncomfort zone, right oh yeah he's constantly by the back of the collar and he's like, no, we're gonna do it again,
2: like we're gonna, gonna pick up this cross and you're gonna follow me that's yeah, right. exactly boom Half Samaritans, the time they don't
0: even know what he's talking about they' have, yeah they're just gonna <laughs> drag <Like> what. <laughs> I think that's our example is that if we feel that it, it, we're at this point where we're not heading into Samaria, then, then we need to think about it, you know? Like, I'm just coasting down the roads of Jerusalem and nothing's happening. Like, we, if, I mean, if Jesus did it, if he took it to an uncomfortable place, then, then we need to really think very, yeah, we need to think very intently about, about that ourselves. I um,
1: if we d i mean if we if we don't we might be thinking that we're religious when we're not, yeah right mm-hmm. to bring that point back in
0: and if we if we if we kind of tie this in like um we you know because it talks about the poor and the rich, and if we think about the rich spiritually now that we've kind of made this connection being maybe those who think that they've got it all together, you know it I always liked it as I just talk, thought about the poor and the rich, the contrast, and it says you know. You think about the rich and you want to be around the rich. Remember, it's the rich who end up oppressing you and throwing you into jail. But if we think about this in terms of uh, of how you, you kind of formed it up, um, Daniel, so our very friends and our very acquaintances, um, you know, put them in the seat of the rich because we we choose to kind of stay in our bubble and operate that way we actually don't help each other grow. We can actually oppress each other, keep each other down, and we don't even
2: think that we are, right? Or do we? I'm completely agreeing. I'm just right? trying to stay out of your way. Cause okay, rolling. <laughs> no,
0: no, <laughs> right? But but there's we we could hold each other down and actually oppress each other. Ultimately, if we drag each other into the ultimate court, this is a place of judgment where we do not want to be, right? Yeah. Um yeah, I, I like
2: that, that you that you gave us this. This is good. Well, because James says in chapter two and verse nine, if you show partiality, you commit sin. Mm-hmm. Period. And are convict well, not comma. Okay, fine. If you show partiality, you commit sin, and are convicted by the laws transgressors. Like you, partiality is sin. Is the statement James, the factual statement James is making here. And then in verse 12, he says, Speak and do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So at what point do we put partiality aside? Do we put complacency? And do we put, do we pop the bubble and let mercy take its place? You know, We allow room for one another to be human, but to be searching God. To be, you know, climbing that mountain is the metaphor that we've used before. At what point do we put that partiality and that sort of false veneer that we put up, when do we put that aside and let mercy take its place? That we can look at one another with the mercy of God and be forgiving and loving to one another, and to pick each other up rather than to try to keep us, to keep everybody down with us, and to let mercy have its full effect, where we have that freedom under the law of liberty, to fall flat on our face, but the grace to get back up again.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to Seeker. Find us at SeekerPodcast.com. Check out our website to get more information about the Seeker Project. Also check out our blog and some other information we have there as well. Thank you, my friends. Have a good one.